Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. OTG Basketball Family of Podcasts. I'm your host, Jay Christian, along with my co-host, Chris Green, here to bring you another exciting edition of our friendly podcast. Chris, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, be the second podcast to put under our belts, and uh, it's only going to get better. Trust me. Yeah, we're turning to pros, right? Uh, I don't know about you, but I signed a few autographs, met a few fans, a couple groupies along the way. It's uh, It's been a wild 48 hours. Oh, I've got three or four ribbon cutting ceremonies tomorrow, so it's, uh, it's been pretty busy. Well, then I won't keep you much longer. Uh, <laughs> and if my wife listens to this podcast, the groupie thing was not true. That was all a joke for uh, entertainment purposes. Uh, listen, we'll start with uh, the game last night, Joel Embiid. Uh, 46, 15, 7, and 7. And that other 7 is blocks on the night. Uh, 70% from the field uh, and a win Philadelphia over the Lakers, 115-109 at Staples Center. Uh, Thoughts on his performance? You know, that guy is quickly becoming, I mean, I want to say everyone jokes about the quote-unquote process going on in the 76ers organization, but man, this guy basically fell in their lap at the third pick, who would have been the first pick had it not been for the injury uh, late, I guess, in his Kansas career. That guy is top five, probably talent all time. You can make an argument top three. Um, I would say one thing, he gets compared to Olajuwon a lot. Uh, he's a little slower, I want to say, than Olajuwon, but sure. he's a little beefier. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was pushing Julius Randle out of the way, uh, Larry Nance's son out of the way. And then when they went with a bigger guy, he just basically pump faked to death everybody. Yeah, and I thought his shot – oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, I thought his shot looked so smooth. He's coming uh, as a trailer on those three-pointers, and it just looked, yeah. you know, effortless. Yeah, he's got a real good shot. He, he hits just about every single – uh, off the block, kind of either off the glass shot, a la Tim Duncan. But that guy is so good. And what do you think about the rest of the squad? Obviously, Ben Simmons. If it you know, but for Joel Embiid's performance last night, we're probably talking leading off with Ben Simmons having uh, you know rebound shy of another triple double, uh, which would have been I think his third on the season. You know, 15 games in. Um, what do you think of this Philly roster and? Uh, the process and everything that's going on for them in Philadelphia right now. So if someone handed me the keys to an organization and said, all you have to do is continue to lose to get a top three pick every year, sign me up right away. That <laughs> seems like the most automatic process uh, anyone could put together. But I'm going to say Lonzo Ball could only hope at this point to have sort of the, 
career that Ben Simmons has. And technically, he's in his rookie season with Lonzo, and it's almost night and day for basically two players to have a similar style, I would say. Neither one of them necessarily shoot the ball very well from the field. But uh, Ben Simmons looks closer to the Magic Johnson replacement than uh, I would say Lonzo does at this point. He's, those two guys are generational talent. And Embiid and Simmons, when, you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, Simmons and Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're generational talent. Um, adding J.J. Redick really has helped kind of space the floor for him. But, I mean, everything is going to ride on Embiid, and he's got his minutes uh, restriction. But, I mean, man, you wouldn't want to start with a better uh, cornerstone than what those two guys can really offer. Yeah, and you talk about the team. I mean, you mentioned Reddick, who's on, uh, I think, a one-year, $20, $22, 23000000 million deal. Um, some reports have come out that, uh, you know, it was getting a little stale in, in, in La La Land for him, and he was looking for a new challenge, the next big thing, and seems to be fitting right in with the squad. Um, you have my man Covington, who, you know, just broke the bank for himself, and um, yeah. Yeah. Our, our guy Sarich, Sarich is um, looking good. I mean, they just have a lot of complimentary, complimentary pieces, and that's without um, Marquez Fultz even hitting the floor yet and, you know, still trying to figure out his shot, which is another story for another pod. Uh, but their yeah, core... They almost, look better, they almost look better without him, uh, which has been interesting. But, yeah, he's got his own set of problems. Sure. Uh, and, you know, it was an entertaining team to watch. I think this was one of the first times I'd actually seen Philly um, on national television, and I made time to watch their game, which is something... I think most people, <laughs> most basketball fans have, have not said about Philadelphia since the Allen Iverson days, probably. Um, but well, you do have those rare instances where you do got the Golden State Warriors that everyone wants to watch, but there are those rare teams that are league pass teams where mm-hmm. you definitely want to tune their games, and the Sixers for sure meet that, that qualification at this time. So then how does their young core compare to the Lakers' young core? I think it was a tale of two teams last night, right? And, and it was funny because I watched that game, and I don't know if you had the same feeling, but I watched the game and I was thinking, man, Philadelphia is killing Los Angeles. But you look up and L.A.'s down two, they're up four, you know, down three. They were never really out of the game, but it just seemed so effortless and so dominant uh, for Philadelphia's performance. Um, but I guess the general question, what do you think about – Philadelphia's core compared to Los Angeles, Los Angeles's core. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram had himself a game, and not for the the guys on Philadelphia. We're probably leading the show talking about uh, his performance, but it it didn't seem as fluid. It seemed a little more herky jerky talking about the Lakers' uh, performance last night compared to Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's it's clearly watching two young teams playing uh, against each other, where neither one of them have gotten comfortable in the role of putting games away. So I kind of expected maybe the herky-jerky kind of back and forth uh, where no team puts the other one away. As far as the core goes, you're going to see more results from the 76ers than you will the Lakers purely based on the conference that they're in. Um, The 76ers can climb up that ladder much easier being in the East than the Lakers will in the West. And, um, you know, Ingram doesn't compare to Embiid. And at this moment, Lonzo doesn't compare to Ben Simmons, but they are every bit as young Penny and young Shaq as I can really remember. Um, so I would ha- I would go definitely with the Sixers core at this at this point. So rank the top five players in that game last night, regardless of team, regardless of position. If you're 
picking squads and you say, okay, number one on the court on either team last night was, they're probably going to be both agree with it, it's probably Embiid, but do the yeah. top five based on that game last night. So uh, it's going to be Embiid. Uh, second best player on the floor would have to have been Simmons. Um, I may even have to go with Covington over Ingram. Whoa, okay. I'll put a pin in that. Keep going. Yeah. Um, what Covington provides them, he's, you know, previous years wherever uh, Embiid has been out, Covington was kind of relied on to score a little bit more. So he's not having to necessarily show that capability this year. So I like the role that he's in versus where Brandon Ingram's really having to flourish just to score um, and really carry the Lakers. Past him, I don't really see any scores on the floor for them other than that other rookie that they have. Uh, uh, his name escapes him right now, but he's shown some signs. Uh, Kuzma? Yeah, he's, he's definitely um, kind of around the rim all the time. And uh, the few games that I've watched the Lakers, he's really done pretty well. Uh, so I would have to, even if you wanted to interchange Covington and, and Ingram, um, uh, you can't really say Lonzo was in the top five. He played a pretty poor game. Um, uh, you know what? Nobody really stands out for that fifth position. So then, so then, let's say you have Ingram and Covington as you know. Let's say they're tied for third, and then we'll make. And so you're saying, but you take Kuzma over um, Lonzo Ball. And this is definitely definitely in the game last night. Okay. What about overall? What about just in general? Well, you hope that Lonzo has half the the uh, skill that you know his dad has <laughs> dropped on everybody. But really, there's a phrase that comes to mind: it's um, happiness is a function of realistic expectations. Ooh, and I like that. I don't that. think that he's had necessarily really realistic expectations. So he doesn't look happy on the floor. That translates um, into how aggressive he's been and. I don't know if I would long-term just pick him up on the playground over anybody else. So that's interesting. I think that – so that's a good point about what the expectations were because I was I remember, um, you know, we'll just go early Kobe, right? Early Kobe Bryant in his career when he's, you know, not getting any minutes, not taking minutes away from Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, guys who are fantastic NBA players in their own right, you know, compared to what uh, – you know, Kobe Bryant eventually became, right? The Mamba and um, arguably one of the top 10 players uh, of all time. Uh, top five, depending on your area code and your team allegiances, I guess. Right. But Kobe was buried on the bench, right? Del Harris, of all people, had uh, Kobe on the bench um, and right. wasn't getting a lot of minutes, airballing shots in playoff games. Um, but I don't. I, I would argue that the, the hype for Kobe at that time, rookie year versus Lonzo, um, were you know you couldn't even compare the two. As great as Kobe became, and being another high schooler, I think one of the first perimeter high schoolers to go uh, so high in the draft and be so highly coveted um, in the NBA. But I mean, to your point, are the expectations just too high for Lonzo, or what is your well, assessment of that? That's really, if you if you look at it, a credit to how LeBron was really received. He had the most expectations. Really, one of the only few people that had delivered uh, coming out of high school paired with the expectations. Um, yeah, Kobe didn't have those expectations. He only played around 15 or so minutes, I think, for that first season, and averaged around seven points. Uh, ever ever since that first season, he kind of gained in minutes played. But you know. It, LeVar Ball may go down as the best marketer in the history of the planet, 
Um, if he was able to basically build up his son to a point where he gets that high draft pick, and now all eyes are on Lonzo, and he's going to have to cash those checks as dad's writing, and it's it for sure is a is a bullseye, and it doesn't you don't need much to look on that schedule and all of a sudden panic when you see Patrick Beverly as your first game. <laughs> I that's when I kind of thought Lonzo might be in trouble. I mean, Patrick Beverly being a Rockets fan, uh, seeing Patrick Beverly up close, and the guy is a junkyard dog. Um, you know, yeah, what a terrible person <laughs> because you know, he, he, Patrick Beverly doesn't start obviously for the Clippers. Um, but man, as soon as he came into the game, it was like, I'm fixing to foul Lonzo and he's gonna kill me the rest of the way. Now, and, and, and being a former point guard, there is nothing more anxiety <laughs> than getting picked up in 94 feet. And uh, it's your first game. I was gonna say, we, you know, for, for the listeners, we both grew up in. Uh, playing in courts in, in West Texas. And so, you know, I know, and you've had the same experience too, um, with there being so much sunshine in, in, in the West Texas heat. Uh, a lot of times you're playing ball outside and there's always one or two guys, usually one guy that's out there hooping in jeans, right? The, the guy who's out there in jeans and maybe even Tim's. And you're like, man, I do not want this guy, no matter what happens. Do not have this guy matching up on me. And Yeah, you're, you're better off picking that guy to be on your team. Because he is <laughs> going to get somebody else on the other team hurt. Right. Sure. Right. For nothing else. Off the charts. For no other reason than if you smoke that guy, you're running it back. You're not going home. Oh, like, yeah. you're on the court all night. Right. Uh, you'll definitely run it back. <laughs> but um, so, so Lonzo and, and I guess his early struggles – uh, I guess I'm in the middle on these so far in terms of how he's playing. On the one hand, I don't think he's a bum. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I think, you know, the point you made earlier, you know, Ben Simmons and Lonzo, in terms of their scoring prowess, they're probably about the same. Uh, but Ben Simmons still had a way to make his mark on the game. And part of that is, you know, he's 6'9", 6'10". Um, but he's still... You affect really, sorry to cut you off, you, you affect really the basketball in five areas. And obviously it's points, rebounds, uh, assists, and then defense you can change a game. But pace would be the fifth thing. And, and Ben Simmons just keeps the pace. Mm-hmm. And you have to play at his level because he's forcing you to, a la Steve Nash when he used to do it. And really how Golden State plays now. Um, I think what, I don't know if you see this too, but Long, there are two things that bother me really about Lonzo is he's one of the worst finishers at the rim that I've seen yep. uh, where he kind of gets stuck kind of in the lane because he wants to pass first um, and then he ends up having to shoot a shot but he's missed more layups and I really remember someone being around his size having an advantage every night over a, uh, a point guard and then he's just so low energy uh, he's the epitome of someone trying to play cool um, cool style of basketball and it just doesn't seem to work uh, especially in the NBA. No, I think that's right, and I think that's interesting. That's a good, that's a good point. It makes me think of Eli Manning, uh, and you know, yeah. folks. Eli's never. I mean, you can't tell about Eli's face. If the Giants are up twenty or down twenty, right? You would. You'd have <laughs> right, no idea. Yeah. Uh, but Eli's still. I mean, from in my perspective, anyway, even as a Cowboys fan, I think Eli's still a gamer, right? I, I still think, you know. Eli likes to win. There's that show of emotion when David Tyree makes that catch or, you know, they're beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Eli at least shows some emotion sometimes, right? Um, I, I, and I hate to go cliche on it, but, yeah, watching that game and just Lonzo, you know, I think there's one time where the emotion was showing negatively. I think there's a play where 
he gets a three, and each time he shot a three, by the way, Embiid like turned his back on him, like so, yeah, so disrespectful. Uh, but there's a play where Lonzo shake, takes a three, misses it. Uh, Lakers get the rebound. He tries it, you know, another three again, and that one goes off too. And he oh, just yeah. kind of, you know, shoulders drops, and he's just sort of like, you know, what do I have to do? So to... The, uh, the announcer on that play said, and he's going to shoot again, and he missed again. <laughs> <laughs> You know he's being called about it on top of everyone that guards him. I'm, I'm, I don't think Ben Simmons necessarily talked to him that much during the game, but I know Patrick Beverly was. Oh, sure. So, yeah, if you're if you're not ready for that. But, you know, he showed a little bit of these signs in UCLA where he may have just been better than the competition he was playing, but it was still real kind of lethargic. Uh, he took some more chances on some deep pull-up threes in college that he seemed to make. I thought he was an okay shooter coming out of college. I, I thought his form is – your form's your form. If you've been shooting like that your whole career, you're probably a good shooter in the NBA. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's that. It's got to be mental at this point, which doesn't bode well after only you know, 14, 15 games. But he's he's definitely probably <laughs> – he may be in danger of not starting in the rookie-sophomore game at this point. So then that brings up an interesting point. Um, you know, Blonzo is just having a time, right? Um First of all, I thought about something that, before I get to that, I thought about something kind of interesting, at least in my own head. Um, you know, the Lakers were not happy with um, D'Angelo Russell, right? They thought he wasn't the guy. He's, you know, taking pics of teammates and sending them out and just can't be trusted in the hotel room, right? Um, and the Lakers got tired of him, and they went on to the next thing. And I'm going to totally gener- generalize here as a Texan and, you know, make these comments about people in Southern California. But... They had the starter wife in D'Angelo Russell, right? They're like, all right, this is who we got. They saw something sexier, shinier out there coming from uh, you know UCLA, and they were all in on Lonzo Ball. It is right. super early, super duper early. But I feel as though uh, the city of L.A. wifed up uh, this cute girl that works at the Jamba Juice, and now they're like, look, we had something going. Maybe there's something to build on, and um, the ex has moved on. D'Angelo Russell before he got hurt, is having himself a season. And I think he would, um, will end up on the uh, Easter All-Star roster and um, he's helping Brooklyn play some great basketball. And now you look and it's panic mode in Southern California. What are your thoughts on uh, shipping D'Angelo for the sake of getting Alonzo Ball? You know, it might be a case of, uh, to use a football analogy, I don't care what type of talent you are. If you get drafted by Cleveland, you're probably not going to have very success as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's the case like that with L.A., but um, their roster just is not very good mm-hmm. uh, outside of the young talent that you have. Uh, but for D'Angelo uh, Russell to basically flourish in every statistical category, including field goal percentage, taking more shots this year than he did last year, I mean, he's balling compared to what he was provided in in L.A., Um they even had some better talent in L.A. last year, um, if you want to call Nick Young better talent. I, I would personally, he's a good shooter, even with some of the antics he provides. But, um, yeah, it may just be a case of maybe the expectations just in L.A. are too bright. Maybe the lights are too bright for players that get there. But uh, D'Angelo Russell's balling this year, and it's it's got to be because he's away from the bright lights of L.A. Yeah, I agree. Um which brings us to a larger point, which I was getting on before I had this sort of tortured 
L.A. first wife, second wife analogy uh, that I wanted to throw on you unexpectedly. Um, so we talked about uh, LeVar being a great marketer, a great promoter. Um, you know, if you want to be nasty about it, carnival barker, right? Um, Lonzo's having a tough time in his rookie season. Um, uh, Leangelo, Jello, uh, busted in China of all places uh, yeah. for stealing at, you know, not one, not two, but three different stores in China. Which is the least big baller thing. Right? <laughs> you can't tell me big baller anymore if you're still in sunglasses. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little weak. Um, and I, and I, well, we can get on the psychology of whether or not uh, Leangelo's is stealing as a cry for help being the middle child. But, um, so what do you think about the Ball family brand? Is it, is it, are we selling the stock already? Is it, you know, is it in trouble? What are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, um, LeVar and, and LaMelo were in, you know, in China this week uh, at a pop-up store, you know, promoting the Big Baller brand. But at the same time, it's been a, a heck of a week. Uh, for the franchise. What are your thoughts on the uh, Ball family brand right now? Well, ironically, you can sell tons of shoes in China. You can ask Stefan Marbury about that. Yes, sir. He's sort of had his great awakening over there. Um, it's really going to come down to, eventually, the Suns have to play well. And you're not going to get a better uh, a better result out of the middle child, uh, Jello, because he, was, he wasn't scouted or nearly ranked like the other two kids. Um, he may be one and done in UCLA, but he's not going to go on an NBA team after that. Um, so it's going to really, the savior may have to be the youngest, and he's pretty slight for his age. Um, I know he's growing, uh, but as far as weight goes on, you know, people got on to Durant for being skinny, but Durant was a seven-foot wing player. Very rarely do you see very skinny point guards make it in the league, even with all the advantages they give the offensive player now with uh, no hand-checking, etc. You just don't see a very skinny point guard that often in the NBA. Um, I don't know if I'd sell the brand, but, I mean, they're going to either – I'm not sure how they make money based off of no one's going to continue to buy $500 shoes. Uh, you need to – Continue to, to buy. <laughs> You need to pick up some other athletes to put on your brand. Um, so maybe someone will come sign with them. Uh, but I mean, it looks pretty rough right now. And I haven't heard very much from LeVar in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, he could show up at the White House with uh, with our president um, for after, <laughs> you know, owes him a solid, I guess. And so maybe a trip around yeah. the around uh, 1600 Pennsylvania is in the in the well, cards. Trump reminded us that, that, that who helped him out. <laughs> Which is out of character for him. I wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he will thank himself first. And then everyone needs to thank him after. So you're not selling on the brand. And you would bet if I said I can give you one of LeVar's children. And so Jell-O's outright. We don't think Jell-O's going to be the. Although, could you see a scenario where Jell-O goes Tony Gonzalez route and just shows up to the NFL draft and is like, hey, I want to play tight end. Well, he may have a better chance there because I was going to say, although he has some height on him, he's a little heavy. And yep. I don't know where he would play position-wise in the in the NBA today. Uh, so maybe that's the route for him. Uh, I just don't see basketball in the NBA anyway. You can play anywhere overseas right? Um, in any number of leagues. So, um, But, I, yeah, I don't see him getting picked up by any team. 
if I had to pick one of the sons, it's got to stay with Zoe because he's the one currently in the league. And I don't even know if LaMelo is going to be a draftable player. Um, he's got the epitome of the worst defense of all time now for a high school game. But the high school games are turning into really just more pickup games at this point. Sure. So maybe that's a product of that. But, you know, Zoe doesn't necessarily, you know, make me marvel at his defensive effort either. Uh, so I don't know. Um I, I will say, if we're going to get a hot take, I don't think Zoe ends up staying with the Lakers after this first contract. Ah, let's talk there. Okay, well, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it this way. Um, so he's under. He's on his rookie deal now. Is there any chance, depending on you know, LeBron and Magic and Rob Palinka and Paul George all illegally texting each other, is there any chance that Lonzo is gone after this season? So, it would have to be for, no, I don't see any scenario where he's gone after this season, minus if he just has the worst finish. But that would even, I mean, they would just mark that off as rookie uh, problems, probably. Sure. Um, If they get LeBron, that's the only thing that saves him in L.A. to me, is if LeBron and Paul George show up, because his play is going to elevate just because he's around those two players. Right. Right. That would be the only way I think he saves his career in L.A. Otherwise, yeah, he, he, there's no way, number one, because his production is not going to match what he and his dad want contract-wise when that, that, that second contract comes up. Guaranteed. Sure. Um, okay, so um, there was some other news yesterday besides the matchup between, you know, sort of the two uh, young cores of the NBA, the two future franchises. Uh, looking to get back to the, I guess, Philly-Lakers um, matchups of the 1980s. Um, yesterday was also the anniversary of the movie Space Jam, 21 years to the day. Um, yeah. Michael Jordan left his double-A baseball team to shoot a movie and subsequently used that as his uh, relaunching back into the NBA. So since we here at Shuttlesworth Initiative talk movies and pop culture in addition to basketball, uh, let's dive into Space Jam a little bit. Uh, first question, is Space Jam the greatest basketball movie of all time? I'm going to rephrase and say it's the most important basketball movie of all time. Ah, nice redirect. Why? Well, because everyone knows a court was built for Jordan on the lot of Warner Brothers when they shot it. And Jordan was able to, I'm going to say almost trick other NBA players to come and play pickup games, and it single-handedly got him in shape for the 95-96 season, where the Bulls set a then-record 72 wins. So without that movie, I don't know if Jordan gets the run that he would have gotten anywhere else, because if you go, you can find some of those games on YouTube. Um, everybody and anybody showed up to, from everywhere from Shaq all the way down to Kenny Smith, uh, showed up to play in those pickup games, and it got Jordan in shape. So. As far as Jordan's career and as a Jordan fan, uh, that's the most important sports movie. Uh, but it is quite unwatchable at this point. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, let's go there. Why is it unwatchable? I love Space Jam. I watch it every time it comes on. I, it may just be because of the type of humor that Warner Brothers thought was funny back then. And when you're a kid, it is funny back then. But now it's just sort of cringing, and, and Jordan's not that good of an actor, so it's a little cringeworthy. Um, and then on top of who they decided to put on the Monstars team is is just atrocious. 
Yeah, let's talk Monstar Scouting Department for a second. Who? That's the worst. Who picked? And let's just you know, and I'm sure people will say, well, that's who was available. Okay, let's just let's suspend uh, you know disbelief for a second. Of all the players you could have picked in '96, I looked up the 1996 All-Star Game, and I mean, you got Grant Hill, you got Jason Kidd, you got Penny Hardaway. How did we land on a '96 Barkley and Ewing, um, an LJ who was still performing, a good, very yeah, strong? I, I would give the I would give the one credit to maybe Patrick Ewing, but definitely Larry Johnson at that point was still pretty good. But that was sort of tail end Barkley. Oh, for sure. Um, and uh, although he was an all-star that year, Barkley and Ewing both made those all-star teams. Um, who was not on that all-star team that year was Mr. Sean Bradley. And I know people beg on Sean Bradley, but, I mean, holy cow. Like, just the fact that he's on the roster, you know. Well, and they portrayed him in the movie. I don't know how dumb Sean Bradley is, but the monster <laughs> in that movie was the dumbest character of all time. He, he did not know what was going on. Right. Um, and, and Muggsy Bogues also playing the point guard at, how you don't get Jason Kidd for the movie, um, or even Gary Payton. I mean, the Sonics. Oh, 96 Payton would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, you could have had that little matchup there uh, and had two players in the same game uh, have something control their body, and then they get to go off and be on the Monsters. Yeah, their scouting department was Sam Hinkie at the very <laughs> beginning of the process. You know what? said, let's lose. I was going to say, we should go back and look at what Hinky's team, uh, now that those guys have just, you know, they've lost, you know, 60-some-odd games. Let's see who they've picked up now. I bet that would be, a, you know, a fun team to look at now. I bet they're pretty incredible. We'll see here in a couple of years when the Sixers eventually make the finals, Sam Hinky will look like a genius, but uh, is it Jerry or Brian Colangelo that's leading it now? He'll, he'll get all the credit. Oh, sure. I mean... But I feel like if we continue to give Mark Jackson all this credit every time the Warriors, you know, win a game, then surely Sam Hinkie is deserving of, of a ring. And I, and I think all, you know, I don't think he gets all the credit, but I don't think he should get all the blame. I mean, I get it. Uh, and we're seeing that now. Like the other side of the process is, you know, the other side of Embiid and Simmons are Nerlens Noel and Jill Okafor, right? Like there's right, right. there's going to be some collateral damage on this deal. Um, Which is weird too, because Okafor is still a good player. He's just not Embiid, so I don't. I guess you can't find a spot for him. Right. No, I think that's right. Um, so yeah, I wonder if Sean Bradley, by the way, to your point, when they were going through the editing process, I wonder if they told Sean they're like, you know, did he did they did he see the stupid caricature and think, <laughs> is this me or what is? Like, no, 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 we're gonna play with it. We're just trying some things out. Like, well, see, yeah, because they definitely went with the flat top for Patrick Ewing's character. Sure. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name for Charles's character. I think it was Pound was the character's name. So they were definitely maybe hinting at the heaviness of Barkley around that time. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah he's as dumb as a character. Is. <laughs> uh, and he also lost the tip ball to Jordan, so he didn't do his job. Yeah, yeah, he had one job. Um, yeah, one job. What? Uh, let me ask you this: What is the worst basketball movie in your opinion? Where basketball, not counting like forget Paris or like the basketball diary, something that has a basketball tangentially in there, but an actual basketball movie where you thought, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, Coach Carter. Really? People love Coach Carter. I'm going to tell you why. The story is okay, but if I have to hear my girlfriend say Channing Tatum's a good basketball player one more time, it's going to be the end of it. Because he's the worst. 
Wow, the worst. Um, ooh, I'm trying to think of because you had Terrence Howard in Sunset Park as Spaceman, uh, <laughs> but he was snagging boards and playing D, and yeah, yeah, that's true. Coach Carter. Um, yeah, be Coach Carter. Um, I'm gonna go. I really like blue chips. That's probably my. Favorite. I love blue chips. I love blue yeah. chips. Um, of course. Just for the reason you get to see Young Penny and Shaq. Although, okay, let me ask you this: Worst actor, Jordan or Anthony Hardaway? Oh, that's a toss-up. Uh, because I feel like Penny just talked about yeah. not playing the one-four in that movie. I think that was yeah. pretty much his. Penny, <laughs> Penny was pretty bad, actually. Now I think about it. Coach, yeah, that's not my style. I don't play the. I need to play the one-four. That's what I. It's like, all right, yeah, that's, all right. that was. I'm gonna say his only line. Man. <laughs> yeah, he, he may. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But at least that movie had. I think what I like about it is it had actual basketball. Ah. <laughs> You had people. You had actual basketball players do actual basketball things. Okay, now I'm going to switch this again. So that's a good point. What is the most realistic basketball movie in terms of like, for instance, I would say like Blue Chips, right? That's probably how that would have all shaken out. Although Nick Nolte would have told he wouldn't have told anybody about him cheating. Someone would have found out. He had denied it. Said it was his assistant, and they'd have won a few national championships. And then oh, yeah. su- subsequent and then to that. Yeah, then he would have left for Memphis. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Love and basketball, there's no way I'd play my girl for her heart or whatever we're playing oh for. Oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah I've forgotten about that, but that's true. Um, um, yeah, you're basically done with that girl if you make that decision. <laughs> Hoosiers, uh, those guys would have got washed by, I mean, they did, right? And Who's it? Oscar Robertson's team, uh, Christmas Addicts, right? That's basically what the team's about, oh, the yeah. movie's about. It's not even. It's they tried to make it look like it was kind of close too. It's not close. Really. <laughs> right. Any any of those any of those movies. Uh, what, what's the other one? Pleasantville. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they all made the shot. I'm just like it's such garbage. You know what? You know which one? Okay, this is obvious, but I I really hate Air Bud, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what <laughs> kills me about Air Bud, other than dog playing basketball. When the referee, and this is so obscure. Uh, Air Bud's out there, and and someone's like the referee's like he gets out the rules first of all, like a moron. And then he says, there's no rule that says the dog can't play. It's like, yes, no, we didn't need a rule. Like, we thought it was pretty obvious that the dog couldn't play. Like, yes, that that was our thought, that the dog should not play basketball. Like, we have to make that a rule? Like, what is the, I don't know. Air Bud is sort of in that category, whatever that dog is. But he's sort of like the general when it comes to insurance. Because every (laughs) commercial you see, the general is doing something athletic. Right. And here's this dog, I don't know how many... Bud movies there are, but he plays every sport. Oh yeah, they were dining out on, on Air Bud for a while. He was Air Bud. Were, yeah. you know. Golden Retriever sales. Golden yeah. Retrievers were up. Um, so then, going back to Space Jam for a second, um, if you could pick your Monstar squad to go up against Jordan, who are the five guys you'd put on your team that uh, we won't go for skill necessarily, but five guys you just couldn't stand in the league back in the day, and you're like, if I want to see Jordan just throttle these five dudes, who would they be? Well, my least favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant. Really? Uh, his comparisons to Jordan bothered me so much because he was basically gifted three rings based off his stats in those finals versus what Shaq was able to do. Um, and I could debate that for four hours, but I won't. Um, I'm going to say second, and a pretty close second, is Bruce Bowen. Ah. That guy tried to injure more players 
than even if you go back and look at that T Mac 13 points in 35 seconds sure. that he did when he was in the Rockets. Sure. But Bruce Bowen is underneath his legs every shot that he was on him. Yeah. Um, Paul Pierce is going to make an appearance. Um, I did not care for the wheelchair stunt. <laughs> Forgot about he, that. <laughs> even he did beat the Lakers. I was rooting for Boston in that series. Right. Uh, but that bothered me. Um, I'm going to have to go with Joakim Noah. What? I love Joakim. Because he's not good enough to do the yelling. He, he's the he's the guy that shows up on the court in jeans to me. <laughs> he's going to try so hard to get that rebound, and it just bothers me. Yeah. Uh, on top of how many airball free throws do we have at this point? He's got the worst shot uh, form that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then it's a toss-up between either Mark Jackson um, or Antoine Walker. Wow, you're going after some that, fan favorites here. That, that shimmy haunts my dreams. Wow, you didn't like the shimmy. You remember that Adidas commercial when he got his deal, employee number eight or something like that? Some yeah. lunch pail guy. Yeah, that, that shimmy just haunts me. And then Mark Jackson. Uh, no stranger to a shimmy himself? No, I think it's the shimmy that bothers me between those two players. Uh, he... Just his battles against uh, the Bulls in the early 90s kind of bothered me, and then he kind of played more of a mouthpiece when he was on the Pacers for those Pacers-Knicks uh, matchups. It just bothers me. So yeah. I'm going to have to go with those five, six players. Um, yeah. And then maybe even KG puts a spot on there for me. And what do you have against KG? I want to say he's the most foul mouth player of all time, <laughs> unless, unless – He's getting interviewed by Bill Russell. Then he's in the sweater, and you, he couldn't be a nicer guy. Right. So it's that juxtaposition that uh, I've, I've always kind of been irritated at. Man, I, I, like if we were playing the newlywed game, I have a card right now on my list that says Kevin Garnett, and it's for that <laughs> very reason. I mean, I can't I – was, I used to joke about how, you know, after a foul or something, or just walking onto the court, you, you they, the camera would pan to Garnett, and he's – MF this and when, when Anthony Peeler gave him the strong elbow to the jaw, was it not the greatest moment of all time? <laughs> <laughs> um, watch that video all day. <laughs> uh, so I got Garnett ranting out my list. I got Stockton Malone. Hate those guys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, just I thought Malone, great game. Uh, Stockton, great players. Just could not stand him. I thought they were two of the dirtiest players ever. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care for Steve Nash. I think he's a great guy, great player, but that. that 2006 MVP over Shaq, I think it was. Oh, that that. Uh, or, yeah, Shaq or LeBron should have won that. Or it was maybe 05 when he got his first one, where I thought yeah, I Shaq's. Was, I think it was 05 and 06. That yeah, won that. his first yeah. Shaq's first year in Miami, and I thought Shaq was playing the best ball he played in a couple of years. Um, yeah, even I think you finished maybe second or third in voting. Yep, yep. To Nash, yeah. Um, and then last guy on my list, um, I know people love him, uh, but I never, I'm just, I'm not a Kevin Durant guy. Oh, see, I'm, I'm really not either. Yeah. I, and I think, it's, so this is what kills me. Like, I'm all about player empowerment. I'm cool with him going to Golden State. That doesn't, like him leaving, okay, let's put it this way. I'm okay with him leaving Oklahoma City. I think the one place, and this is explaining my rage in my list, the one place that I didn't think he could go was Golden State, simply because you had those guys on the ropes. Why would you join the team that you 
just you should have beaten. And to my man Ennis Canner's point, when they got together last year, you know, when you know Kevin was woofing and, and all this when he went back to OKC, and Canner's on the bench, like, hey man, could use that in Game Five or Game Six or Game Seven last year. Like, you know, props for you. But so, and I know that's a basketball take, and that's salty guy, and I'm broke, and Kevin Durant's not, and so I'm salty, but. That's the one. Collapse in game six, I think it was. Westbrook collapsed as well, but it is such a monumental collapse. Oh, sure. Yeah. But but think about what had to transpire in the finals. Draymond had to get suspended, and everything that kind of went after that, Bogut gets injured, and LeBron completes the best comeback ever. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't and Golden State wins, I don't think he joins a back-to-back champion Warriors team. That's true. That's a good point. I never thought about it that way. So it's really LeBron's fault. Um, there you go. It it as it often is. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, we'll wrap up now. But real quick before we go, we're going to talk about the things going on in our lives, things we're looking forward to, and things that just have us as crotchety old men. So, Chris, first up, what is on your DVR, my friend? I am currently engrossed in Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're in their ninth season right now, but uh, girlfriend has never seen any, and I'm just we're basically plotting through the early episodes, and uh, made the decision to buy all the seasons. So, so you're going strong with that because you mentioned that yeah. last time. So you're still just plodding through, huh? Yeah, I'm just plodding through that, and uh, that's pretty much taking up my time. I would say. <laughs> uh, so I went to well, I went to my what's on my DVD are now is yoga. I did my first yoga this morning uh, and I had the yoga blocks and it was just a big whale of a man trying to get in all these shapes and contortions (laughs) and it was not pretty. There was no video of it. Uh, So how tired were you after? Is it just drenched in sweat or is it just out of breath? A little bit of both. I didn't know that stretching a certain way would make me winded and I gave it's just like you know, too many chicken wings that I eat because I turn literally a pose is like, man, I'm sweating my ass off. What's going on? Yeah. Um, so, so my DVR is yoga right now. Um, what's in your queue? So I've been real interested in the show. It's called the Orville. Yeah. My so, wife loves that show. Yeah. It's what, yeah. Seth MacFarlane, obviously family guy created. Uh, I've been, I've been watching a few and I just wait for the new episode every week. I, I look forward to that show all the time. Yeah, no, I, I've heard good things from the wife. Um, I have not seen the new Star Trek, by the way, because I guess CBS apparently is, you can only get it through their um, their app or whatever, and they're charging for that. So uh, the new the new TV show. Yeah, the new TV back? show. Sorry, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, I have not actually watched that either, but I've been interested in it. Yeah, I want to check that out. But I got in my queue uh, veganism going on with the the healthy living. Um, nice. I'm going to save it for after Thanksgiving, of course. But uh, I checked out uh, Tom Tom Haberstroh's article where, where the wokest in the NBA, Mr. Kyrie Irving himself, uh, has gone vegan, and some other players have done so as well. So I wanted to give it a shot, uh, picking up my um, uh, rec league uh, participation. So I'm trying to get back into some fighting shape. So I'm going to do a little it's bit of really vegan. No, no meat is really just the best option. I always read. It's just uh, <laughs> But this is after, you know, like this is all, you know, I'm going to try to eat a whole pie on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, I just can't. Oh, absolutely. You're not into that second pie. Something's wrong. Right. Exactly. Uh, and lastly, what are you uh, a curmudgeon, a.k.a. Phil Jackson, about? Uh, 
you know, I think you mentioned last time Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones I've kind of stuck away from, but yeah, Stranger Things, I'm, I think I'm just going to keep away from. Oh. I still believe what everyone says and just say, yeah, sure, it's a good show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. Uh, I'm here in the Pacific Northwest and I'm sort of Phil Jackson on the recycling, um, particularly at work. What do you do in your own time? That's fine. But at work, you know, I go, I was in the cafeteria today and I was throwing away my tray and there's recycling and there's compost and there's landfill. I always throw it just in landfill, like all this crap, all this, like it'll all be here when I die. You know what I mean? Like both. Both the styrofoam and the trees. Like, I'm sorry, and I'd hate to offend anyone listen to the podcast, but we will, I, you know, there will still be trees when we all die. It's just, it's going to happen. Well, so, so what you're telling me, though, is you're doing yoga, you're going to be a vegan, but you won't have a green thumb? I thought that was pretty much a <laughs> Weird, right? No, that's kind of strange. Yeah, that is a little <laughs> weird. Um, I didn't think about that. i got to reevaluate yeah, my choices. Well, I might as well just get a cheeseburger then if that's the case. It might as well. <laughs> All right. That does it for another edition of the Shuttlesworth Initiative podcast. Be sure and check us out on iTunes. Click that subscribe button. And um, once again, we just want to thank you for spending your night with us. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. For Chris. Appreciate your time, guys. Yeah. Take it easy. Guys, we'll see you later. All right, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.